Hi and welcome to this new episode of the Jewelry Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about fine jewelry and gemstones in a simple way and break away from the norms and traditions that have tainted an industry previously weighed down by tradition. I would like to take the opportunity to say something before we start with this episode. You may have noticed that things can easily get quite technical when talking about gemstones. And you may also have noticed that we keep coming back to Mo's scale of hardness. So I would like to give you a little tip. On our website, mumbaistockholm.com, you can find a stylish and extremely informative picture that illustrates the hardness of all common and not so common gemstones and compare them to each other and to other common everyday objects like dust, fingernails and window glass. And I have put this picture on our Instagram jewelry podcast so that you can refresh your memory and it might make it easier to keep up when you listen to the podcast and things get technical and we talk about hardness and compare different gemstones. We also actually made a poster of it. It's made by our fabulous and very talented graphic designer Clara and if you feel like you have some empty space on your walls at home, yes, Clara has made most scale of hardness wall worthy. You can actually purchase your own poster and have it at home. We currently have three different ones. It's the Mo poster in color or in black and white and also a diamond poster. And they cost around 100 euros and you can choose if you want them with or without a frame. Diamonds are still a girl's best friend, but I actually think that a diamond poster could be a close second. Did I hear perfect birthday gift or Christmas present? And I think it works really well alongside other paintings and pieces of art. And if nothing else, it is a great conversation starter when you invite people over and they see this poster on your wall. But I also have to mention that telling you this, of course, in the world of podcasts counts as advertisement. After all, Mumbai Stockholm is where my paycheck comes from every month and we don't do any other paid collaborations in this podcast and I don't plan to either. I actually record the podcast in my free time aside from my other duties as designer and founder and CEO because I love to share my knowledge with you guys. But alas, I want to be as transparent as possible. And because I have a vested interest in the company, this, of course, counts as advertisement for Mumbai Stockholm. But enough about that for now. I would like to move on to today's topic. And it is a very personal one. I like to be personal in the podcast, primarily because it seems like you who listen appreciate it. So I have been thinking about sharing this with you for a while. Because it is something I would have wanted to know if I was listening. And what I want to share is, how do I actually go about designing a piece of jewelry? There is actually quite a large team involved in the jewelry production at Mumbai Stockholm. We have goldsmiths, stone setters, gemstone retailers, 
and a production manager who sits like a spider in the intricate web of purchasing, coordination and production. All our pieces are made to order. So it is quite a complicated supply chain to get all the pieces to the customers at the right time. And then there is me. But where do I fit in in all of this? Well, I am the designer. And that title, it is a title I always dreamt of being able to put on my resume as a child. But that doesn't feel quite as glamorous now that I actually am one. But I guess it is a little bit like the saying, nothing ever turns out quite like you expect. Nothing is quite as fantastic as you imagined it would be, but nothing is ever quite as bad as it might seem. It might sound a bit depressing, but I kind of like the conclusion or gist of it. There is no point in worrying too much because chances are it likely won't be half as bad or boring as you may think. Don't put your life on pause until you have achieved this or that, whatever that might be, if it is a promotion, a certain salary, getting married to the partner of your dreams or moving into the perfect house, because then you will likely be disappointed because you will find that nothing is ever perfect. You can always earn more money or have an even fancier title. That perfect partner will leave their dirty socks on the floor and you won't agree on everything. And that house, it will probably be a nightmare to clean and you will have to repaint the majority of the rooms. But hey, life is what happens when you are busy making plans, waiting for that moment of perfection. And there is something quite comforting in knowing that Nothing will ever be perfect, so you might as well appreciate what you have here and now. And I make a living as a jewelry designer. And as a byproduct of that, I am also a CEO, an entrepreneur. I would never get hired by someone else as a designer. I don't have any formal training in design or metalwork. So because I wanted to design, I had to start my own company. And then I received those other titles too, three for the price of one. But what I knew about actually being a designer, I had learned from those glossy fashion magazine articles where they do a combined interview and house tour. And in all those articles, a designer was a beautiful, interesting and stylish person casually sitting on a designer couch wearing bohemian yet luxurious loungewear. Typically, the couch cost more than a car and was located in a chic hillside house in Mallorca or perhaps a loft in New York or a turn-of-the-century apartment in Paris. And I imagined that a day in the life of designer looked something like this. You wake up late, have your first phone meeting while still in your dressing gown. A vintage hand-embroidered silk one, but still. And then, when it is time to create, you go into your studio, complete with hardwood floors and bouquets of fresh flowers, and create some sketches. The sketches would all look great, so that if you wanted, you could put them up on your wall, amidst your eclectic yet cohesive art collection. On weekends, you go to galleries with your friends to gather inspiration. 
and after that you would host dinner parties for your 10 to 15 closest friends. The food would be fabulous and look like something a foodie would post on their Instagram. And then there is me, living in my rented one-bedroom apartment in a Stockholm suburb. I don't have any art on the walls except for one nice piece I got from a family friend for my 30th birthday. I still have to lift weights and go out for a run regularly to keep in shape. Yoga isn't enough, no matter how romanticized it may be. I can't plan massive parties or gatherings and be creative at the same time. I need alone time. And I still can't draw or sketch. I have finally let it go and accepted that I am a designer, even though my design sketches look like they were made by my five-year-old niece. And then I have a tiny fluffy dog who is mischievous and barks and shares zero similarity with a cool and calm golden retriever. So if you are hearing this thinking, thank God, that sounds kind of like my life. If you change some details, maybe I can be a designer too. Then I want to say, yes, you can. The world needs more designers and creatives and no They do not need perfect lives. Go for it. And if you are not sure what you should design, I'll have you know that there are absolutely zero cool and stylish motorcycle clothes for women. And this is not just me saying that. In the Swedish Biker Babes group on Facebook, that is pretty much all anyone is talking about. Especially all the women who took their license last year because of COVID had a rude awakening and realized what the rest of us have had to live with. Which is that female motorcycle gear is designed, for lack of a better word, by men with absolutely zero clue of the female anatomy and aesthetic. Then I have also realized a gap in the market for nice large and deep flower pots for things like strawberry or rose plants that you can hang on your balcony railing. And actually, there is overall a poor selection of furniture for small balconies. So if you design any of the above, I'll be your first customer. And I guess this is the secret to being a designer. You just need to find one single client who is willing to buy what you have created. And you have gotten a lot further than almost all other people, people who have had a thought but never turned it into action. This also brings us to what I believe separates artists and designers. And here I would like to share an anecdote, a discussion I had a couple of years ago that was never quite finished and that has sort of been marinating in my head since then. I lived in Tulum a couple of winters. And for those of you who don't know what Tulum is, it is a little Mexican village south of Cancun on the eastern coast of the Yucatan Peninsula, where different creative people from the whole world gather and sort of live in their own little bubble. Often people start a hotel, restaurant or small boutique, or people make a living as a yoga teacher, healer or vendor of essential oils. You stay for a couple of years, perhaps you go back to your home country, usually located in the northern hemisphere during the summer, 
to then return to Tulum to escape the winter and cold temperatures. And when you are done finding yourself, you move back to your home country, permanently a more creative and productive person. Because that's the thing about that kind of lifestyle. I guess you can say you are more relaxed and intuitive rather than creative and productive. I'd like to think there is a time for everything. Anyway, the best thing about Tulum, I found, was the conversations you had with different people. Everyone had time to talk. I remember sitting at my favorite local coffee shop when I got into a discussion with an artist from New York. We had known each other for a while, and it took a bit of time for him to open up as he was very introverted, but when he did, it was always very interesting. He was a bit gloomy and philosophical, but with a lot of humor. He had been commuting between New York and Tulum for 12 years and worked with, actually still does, colorful plastic bags, out of which he created the most amazing art and held exhibitions in LA, New York and Milan. And bonus fact... If you have been to Bushwick in Brooklyn and had coffee at AP Cafe, he was one of the owners. Anyway, he was quite fascinated by my jeweler brand and saw me sitting there in the coffee shop in Tulum designing rings that worked together perfectly and were sold in Sweden. We started to discuss the difference between art and design. He was of the mind that Art is not meant to be sold. That is why what I was doing wasn't art. The minute you start thinking about something being sold or being commercially viable, it isn't art anymore. Art is created by the artist simply because they need to get it out of their system, regardless of if someone wants to buy it or not. Then I talked to his brother, who thought that this was a load of bullshit, and that the artist always had anxiety because he worried nobody would buy his art. And that that anxiety and pressure drove him to create better and better pieces. I was sort of agreeing with the artist. But at the same time, I thought that creating is only worth something if somebody wants it. What is the point of creating something if it won't come to use for someone else? And now that I have had a few years to think it over, I can see more nuances to this discussion, but I still think that the artist was on the money about what separates art and design, and what it is that makes a really good designer. To me, designing is like creating a recipe. Art is not meant to be used for anything more than to evoke a reaction, but design is meant to be used. That is also why you need to be able to realize and re reproduce design. Designing is like creating a recipe for someone else so that someone who isn't you can succeed in creating what you designed equally well as you could have. And if you are a really good designer, you can design beyond your ability to create That is, you design a product or solution that you do not even have the ability to create yourself, but that someone with more technical skills than you can realize. 
if the end result is a good product or a good solution, then you are a good designer. That is why, to me, design is a thought process. Art is feeling, it is intuitive and fluid. I mean, design can absolutely be intuitive, but it is a lot more conscious. Abstract thinking, where you first need to think, then create. In art, creation and thought occur at the same time. In my world, when I still had the ambition to become a goldsmith, because I thought it was expected of me as a jewelry designer, I realized very quickly that for me, doing and thinking simultaneously was a fast road to disaster. It can work if you are super artistic, intuitive and have perfect hand-to-eye coordination. Sadly, that is not me. I discovered early on in my journey with my jeweler company that I was best designer when I could do a lot of thinking or was in a different kind of mental flow. For example, in the yoga studio, out running or while I was reading, but not when I was in the studio. In the studio, if I didn't walk in with a clear idea, a recipe, if you will, for what I was going to create, I would rather destroy or mess up my design. Polish it a little bit too much, try hammering a bit extra because it was fun and because I wanted to see what would happen. I mean, you can probably see why that didn't work. And it was also around this time that I realized that I was actually a better designer outside of the studio, for example, sitting on the train on the way to the studio, rather than when I was actually in the studio. Because when I was in the studio, I was engulfed by the atmosphere and more interested in the tools and the process rather than the finished product and how it would work in the life of the person who was going to wear it. And to this day... My design process still looks like this, and now it's not so hard to imagine how the cliched image of the designer was created, with the creative free spirit standing in the downward-facing dog on the yoga mat, or sitting in a lotus position looking out over the ocean. It is probably how many designers create their best designs, just as I myself discovered. And what are your thoughts on the matter? Perhaps one of your listeners is a creative soul who have a similar process, or perhaps your method is completely different and you can only design in your studio. Please share your creative process with me and then I can share your stories here in the podcast. Of course, you can be anonymous if you want to. I would love to share a voice memo. So record a voice memo and send it in a DM to our Instagram jeweler podcast or directly to me, the jewelry designer. I mean, you can also just write me a normal DM and I can also share that in the podcast. Lastly, I want to share another personal anecdote from the early days of Mumbai before I was a designer or before I saw myself as a designer. There was a product that made Mumbai survive during the first two years. 90% of all the pieces we sold was this one design. And it was a bracelet, a thin silver or gold chain with a swallow. Super simple, 
but it was something that hadn't been done before. No one had made a swallow bracelet before. There were hearts, stars, moons, star signs, diamonds, but no swallows. And my biggest advice to you who want to be a designer or want to start your own business is to find your own swallow. What product within the design realm you want to be in has nobody done before? Because before you have created a name for yourself, now that Mumbai is quite well known, we can do normal diamond rings and sell them because we have a good reputation and a solid customer base. But before you are there, when you are new and unknown, the product really has to stand out and be unique. It has to sell itself so that people who don't trust or know you and your brand still want your product enough to buy it. That is why it could also be an idea to initially sell your product at a discount, cheaper than what you want to charge for it later on, because you need an initial client base to build your reputation and even develop your product, which probably is not polished and perfect from the get-go. You know what they say, if your product is already perfect when you start, you started too late. It is the close to perfect product you want to sell at full price, not the first prototypes. Anyway, after about one and a half years of Mumbai, I felt like I needed to expand my product portfolio. The swallow bracelet wasn't enough for me to quit my day job. Because yes, I had one of those. But the problem was I thought I had only found a one-hit wonder with the swallow. How could I create more products or designs that people would love just as much? I thought I needed to get help from a real designer that would help me create more hits. And I don't remember exactly, but I remember telling my parents... And then I said, I found a girl who loved jewelry who would help me design. But then my dad asked me, but has this girl designed something before that has been sold? This is my dad in a nutshell, always a pragmatic engineer. No, I answered, but she just finished design school. But then she's not a designer yet, said dad. You are. If she hasn't sold the product she created yet... She is not a designer. And there are nuances to this, but then and there, it was like the penny finally dropped and I got my confidence back. Shortly after that, I created my next bestseller, a pair of earrings, also in the shape of a swallow. Apparently, it was just as simple as that. Take your own bestseller and do a different spin on it. And this is still how I design. And when you have created your first product and sold it, the rest will solve itself. Just listen to yourself and your customers. Of course, the customers who had a swallow bracelet won and matching earrings. Now, in hindsight, it seems so obvious. Trust the process. I hope this episode has made you feel inspired. Inspired to do your own thing, which... I am secretly hoping would be motorcycle gear for women and design your own life. It has been an honor and a privilege to share this process with you 
Because I believe there are many preconceived notions of what a designer is or how the creative process should look, but I wanted to share my story. And I think that every creative has their own method, and the more we talk about our respective processes, the more we can learn to go our own way. Another thing that is part of the design process is all the other bits that goes into taking an idea and turn it into a finished product. The team. Find partners, suppliers, colleagues. I think it is also part of the design process. So my best tip, I know I said it before in this podcast, but for real this time, to you who dream of being a designer is to spend just as much time as you spend on dreaming, alone time and being creative, on listening to other people. Hang out with people. It is you together with all the other people in your life who will create something. I would be so, so, so happy if you wanted to share your thoughts. So please, slide into my DMs with a message or voice memo. You find me on Instagram as the Jewelry Designer or Jewelry Podcast. Have a lovely day and see you the week after next for another episode. And remember, you deserve fine jewelry. Mm-hmm.